Welcome back to the MBH Podcast, Money Buys Happiness, Season 5. Before we get into it, thank you guys for showing us love. We finally passed 1,000. We're at 1,200 subscribers. Really fucking appreciate Pumped. you guys. Keep liking, keep subscribing, doing the duties. You know what the fuck it is. Even though all our episodes cannot be monetized, yeah. it's okay. I know. We're, <laughs> I don't know. YouTube doesn't like this us, one. Will. This one but will. But we like them. And this one will. Today we have Swish. What's up, brother? How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Listen. I mean, I think a lot of people know you, know who you are, what you do, but for anyone who lis- is listening who doesn't, maybe just a little background on yourself, who you are, what you do, a little bit of the fun stuff, and we'll get sure. into it. Um, I won't say anything that gets you guys demonetized. No, at this point, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, no, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I uh, was born and raised in Singapore and Calgary, Alberta, two very different places. Um, and I came to Toronto for my college days. Dropped out of my second year to start a company called TrueFan that I've been working on for the last four years. It's now called Surf. And uh, at a high level, Surf helps brands engage and understand consumers while compensating people for their data. So, you know, you're sharing your data right now with Amazon, with Facebook, with Google. You're obviously not getting anything out of it except for ads. Pretty shitty value exchange, in my opinion. (laughs) And so we decided to build a platform where people could get points. They could get those you know, points and use them for items, gift cards, coupons, oh. charity. If they want to donate their points, they can do that too. And in exchange, we get their data and then can share it in an anonymized way. So no one will actually know where you browse on the internet. Okay. But because the third-party cookie is going away, brands do still want to understand user behavior on the internet, especially among audience segments. Of course. So 18 to 24-year-old males in Toronto, where are they going on the internet? That's the type of information we can provide that's entirely ethically sourced. Wow. So it's pretty neat. Yet, but um, it's when, been a massive evolution. Yeah, when did you... Yeah. When did you uh, bring true fan to life why did you bring it to life i honestly so i and what, sorry was yeah. that your first was that your first step into the world of entrepreneurship not my first step but definitely my first like legitimate step okay. if you know what i mean yeah, right? yeah, like okay, where i was like fully in it like yeah. it wasn't like a half-ass effort i feel yeah. like before i'd started things in college but like you know i was just mm-hmm. doing it to see did it stick did it of stick course. and it didn't stick um but you know with true fan initially i wanted to create it because Basically, I had the initial idea of, okay, every brand and celebrity now, it seems, has massive fan bases. But, like, you have 2 million followers on Instagram. When you post, you're not hitting 2 million people, yeah. right? And and that's a huge problem for a lot of people is that their audience isn't actually indicative of the people they're able to hit or yes. influence or reach. Yeah. So, in that world, how can you go about filtering your audience and allow, essentially, any brand or creator to at least mobilize the most engaged followers they have? That's what we wanted to start off with, right? Even like your hundred top fans. Can I show you that? And then there you can promote things. You can sell things directly to them. You can essentially activate them to go and get wild on your behalf. Yeah, Um, amazing. And so that was the initial impetus four years ago. Our second year came around. Brands were like, we love this. We love being able to look at our top fans on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the two platforms we initially started on. And they wanted to look at their competitors' top fans. Wow. So Nike wanted to look at Adidas. Coke wanted to look at Pepsi. So we built in that feature. Okay. And then in our third year, we realized, well, the whole world of marketing is moving away from third-party data, yeah. i.e. trackers and cookies are becoming more unpopular. Yeah, of course. Right? What is becoming more popular is I consent to giving you my data. But why would you ever do that right now? I don't actually see a reason why people should yeah. consent to give their data up, yeah, right? Agreed. I mean, personalization is great, but that shouldn't be a benefit. That should just be what's like assumed now yes, as given. in the just world, say, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. if you want to compete as a platform, you should personalize your feed for me. Yes. Regardless of my data, based Correct. on what I'm clicking, go ahead, figure it out. 
tell me what I need to be able to see first, that's fine. But if you want my data, especially private information, or if you want, you know, like very intrusive data, where I'm going on the internet, where I'm shopping, who I'm talking to, what photos I'm liking, yeah. you need to be able to open up your wallet and pay for mm, it, yeah. right? And that's like where, that. that's the whole principle we started off with. We ran giveaways for a long time. We were like, are people willing to share their data for the chance to win a prize? Yeah. We had over a million people share their data in a year and a wow. half for the chance to win a prize. And we thought, okay, there's clearly something here. Yeah. Why don't we double down on it instead of giving them the chance to win a prize, give them a guaranteed prize for their data. Wow. So it's been a constant evolution. When I say the last four years have been <laughs> yeah. crazy, it's like one after the other after the other, but all the lessons have been directly kind of coming from our customers or the market, and we've just been adapting and responding to or it. Or just looking what the competitor's not doing. Exactly. Amazing. Wow. Which, which all of them right now, like similar web, Comscore, Nielsen, they're all data providers, incredible companies, but they're all reliant on traffic panels or cookies that are, again, in my opinion, they're not going to be around in they're five to last, six years. Yeah. They're not going to be sustainable. Well, you're seeing you're seeing all of these, I, I call it data wars happening with Facebook's yeah. getting killed, yeah. Apple's trying to do a couple things. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you see that's happening, that, that change is happening. Wow. Totally. Consumer trust is, is changing too. So oh, I think consumer, when you yeah. add in rewards, yep. that's, how do you, how do you, yep. How do you track the rewards? How do you know how, ma how many rewards someone should get? Yeah, it's a great question. So we have a model built out where we essentially want someone to be rewarded within their first month, Okay. Mm. right? So the minimum reward, we will get you there within the first month. Okay. Um, beyond that, we allow people to get points for browsing the internet like normal, right? So one of the cool things about our platform compared to any other platform that might reward you for your data is that we don't require you to you know, take surveys, watch ads, or change your browsing behavior in any way. Nice. It's supposed to be passive. You shouldn't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, it's like an Air Miles card. Swipe, forget about yeah. it. All right, check back in when you can get that trip that you wanted, of course. Yeah. right? It's the cool. same thing with Surf. Turn it on, don't think about it. We'll email you when it's like, you're eligible for a reward, check it out. Mm. So that's really cool because it means that people can easily get points for browsing. They can also get points for referring their friends. And then nice. we have a ton of bonuses we give people randomly, yeah. like surprising and delighting people goes back to like the initial things we told brands four years ago to do with their yeah. top fans. We're doing it now with our early kind of And consumers. they still haven't caught up like this. No. <laughs> so is this, so is this, a, is this a plugin? Is yeah. it, okay. An so extension. How does it work? And it's a an browser extension. extension, like Honey. If you, if mm -hmm. you yes. use Honey, it's exactly like that Chrome, Opera, Firefox. I threw Opera in there because I use it. <laughs> no one else uses it. what's Opera? <laughs> I want to ask a question. When did, when did the rebrand happen mm. and, so, and why? So two weeks ago, actually. And the reason primarily why is confusion. Yeah. You know, yeah. people were like, okay, well, what's TrueFan and what's Surf? Because Surf was a product under TrueFan, right? Good. It was just a test. We wanted to see if it would, would, yeah. would, would work. Yeah. And, you know, three months in now, we're at about 60,000 users. We're growing about 5% day over day, over wow. 12,000 people on our wait list, you know, across like India, South Africa, Australia, Philippines, the United Kingdom. So we felt, okay, this is where the future of the company is going, which is we are going to be the place where first party data lives on the internet, i.e. where ethical data is shared and where people can be compensated for sharing that data. We need to basically rebrand the entire company to fit that vision. And that was Surf and not TrueFan. Yeah. Mm. So we decided to make basically, you know, TrueFan obviously has been an analytics platform for the last four years. Nothing changes about the product just yet, but we wanted to make that Surf for brands. Yeah. In the same okay. way you have Honey for brands, okay. you have Drop so, for brands also. So and me speaking from a, let's say, a, a, a potential investor perspective, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you guys are then taking this data, yep. selling it. Correct. Ethically. Ethically, yeah. But also giving 
the the I guess the the, the, the person surfing yep. that's and then that's the trade off right that's is, the trade off and more importantly I think even beyond compensation we're giving transparency to people yep. so mm. from day one you know that we're sharing data yep. it's yes. not like you know oh I'm a surf user and two years later you see an article being like surf is sharing your data yeah, and you're yeah. like what <laughs> uh, in the onboarding yeah. in the website in the in the tutorial we give you we tell you very clearly hey we share your data yeah check out however what we share we have an activity log where every single piece of data that you've ever shared with us you can edit manage delete it at any time cool. right so that level of transparency cool. also yeah. shows our users that hey like we trust them they trust us we want to be a data partner to you yeah and that's yeah. what facebook all these big companies in my opinion missed out on i feel like that's people that's like especially right now people just want transparency across any industry like it can be yeah. anything right so if you're offering that that's huge well yeah. i think um, i think also yeah i think facebook you know instagram whatever mm -hmm. they they put it in there, but it's in the tiniest small print. <laughs> you got to scroll language. But in a different language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Exactly. What? Why That's you awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I read up That's that crazy. you guys raised $5 million yeah. for Surf. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very curious as to like the process that goes into raising capital yep. um, and, and what your role is when doing that. So, I mean, I managed and spearhead that. Again, my co-founder, Onik, is brilliant. You know, He's someone who also dropped out of his second year of college. Amazing. Love he's it. a year younger. He was at Stanford at the time. And he basically manages a lot of the day-to-day -day operations okay. when I'm fundraising. I definitely bring him in on certain conversations because I love having him with me. He can totally provide a different perspective that even I can't bring to the product especially. Um, but yeah, that's my role primarily. It's mm -hmm. fundraising, setting a vision for the company, managing yeah. the executive team at a high level. And then obviously if I need to be involved in sales or top line partnerships, I will okay. on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, but in terms of early on, one of the things I did fairly well in college was network. Work. Okay. And the way there I networked go. was, you know, podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, awesome. I had I literally recorded a podcast called the Ask Rafiki Show on uh, GarageBand. Okay, wow. Like recorded it on GarageBand and exported to Sound. I think I might have been the only SoundCloud podcast at that <laughs> Probably, time, bro. What like, year was this? What year was OG <laughs> podcast on SoundCloud, <laughs> honestly. Amazing. And um, and so I did that, and I, I think the reason I liked it, and obviously then I went into writing articles on LinkedIn about people, is because I realized that ninety nine percent of people in the world love talking about themselves. Yeah. I am Exhibit A. Yeah. Who doesn't like talking about <laughs> yeah. themselves? Yeah, yeah. So why not play to that kind of you know human nature, if you will, when you're reaching out to someone instead of asking them for coffee just say hey can i pick your mind for 10 to 15 minutes yeah. and write an article about you and so you're giving that you know, value back exactly, exactly. right away yeah, right, yeah. right away you're not taking time away from someone you're giving them something right away yeah and most people again they don't care about how many followers you have they of just course. want to be able to get their story out and then be able to share that to their community Correct. too yeah and as long as you're doing a good job about it you know you're editing the video well or you're writing the article well it's a great value exchange yeah. and then i can build a relationship from there and who so, knows yeah exactly I'm, I'm curious what your team, mm -hmm. how many people part of it? What does it yeah, look like? So What's sort of the structure there? So 42 people now um, wow. with five contractors that are based in the United States. So mm -hmm. it's a big team now. You know, we were 13 people at the start of the pandemic. <laughs> so we've grown during the <laughs> pandemic, which is awesome. Congratulations, that's Thank amazing. You. But I know we're lucky, right? Like we're yeah. just in that type of business. I, I obviously, yeah. you know, realize there's a bunch of businesses that did not do well during yeah, the yeah. pandemic, but we were just lucky that we're an online business. We help brands mainly look at their digital community and that became even more important. Yep. Yeah. Damn, 42, that's crazy. Yeah. They're not going on anywhere. Do you see yourself as a leader to them? Are you more behind the scenes with the team? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and how do you keep them motivated? to yeah. kind of understand the same vision you and your partner have. I think that's super important. I mean, I think two things. I'm a very hands-on CEO. Okay. I think everyone would probably say that. I, you know, every two months do a town hall. 
And that's nice. a great way to reemphasize vision. Okay, yeah. guys, here are key milestones coming up in March and April. Here's what we absolutely need to hit. By the way, visibility even into fundraising, here's what we need to hit. Okay. XYZ mm. goals. This okay. is what you can do to help me while so I can help setting, you. A lot of goal setting, a lot of goal setting. A lot of goal like setting, that. right? And it's all coming from me directly in a town hall, then reemphasized through execs to the department through a platform we use called Cohen for goals and okay. OKRs. Um, so that's been great. Other than that, though, I, I generally do feel like I'm very present. Like yeah. you can probably find me on Slack at any time, <laughs> like literally yeah. any time, you know, and I do try to plug away, you know, something I've been trying to do for the last year is focus a lot more on my health, working out, sleeping on time. Definitely not doing that one part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <it's> tough, <laughs> but, but at the same time, like I've been trying to take, you know, eat right, all of that. So, you know, it's not like I don't take breaks, but I, I definitely am very plugged into what I do. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the reason why is because in my second year of starting TrueFan, I didn't feel like I was that hands-on. And I definitely had employees tell me, okay, you need to lead by example. Wow, and yeah. you know, they gave me that harsh advice. I had employees leave in our second year because they yeah. didn't feel like they were being supported. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it, you know, again, you can be a great entrepreneur, you can start something, but management, totally different beast. And I've had to learn that well, the hard way. How old are you right now? 24. Okay. Yeah. My, 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 no, but at the same time, I mean, <laughs> no, but, but you know what? Yeah, yeah. The one question I had, and it kind of yeah. bounces off what, what, uh, what Ernesto was saying was, I'm sure you have employees that are older than you. Oh yeah. 100%. You know, we're, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're in the same situation. Yeah. Yep. How has that been for anybody <laughs> listening? Right. Because we've, yeah. we've come into situations where we've had to think about how we approach certain conversations. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And whatnot, because yeah, like you are speaking to someone who's older than you. Totally. So sometimes not every time, yep. but sometimes there may be that kind of awkwardness of like, Hey, I'm 24 or years old. Mm -hmm. thing or you know what I mean? Totally, right. So totally. how, how do you go about dealing with that? I think one is hiring the right people who like, they want to learn from me and I want to learn from them. Cool. Right. Because like, though I am 24, like I, I do, you know, that there are a lot of things I don't know a lot about. And there are a few things I know a ton about. Yep. Right. And so there's clearly stuff that I can help even the 35 and 40 and 45 year old employees we have. The second thing I candidly think is, is just letting people have their space to shine. You know, this idea of let A players be A players. I mean, it's said a lot, but like not a lot of people actually do it. So for me, I used to actually go with the model of, okay, I'm going to help you and, and hold your hand because we're going to ensure you don't make a mistake. That was me two years ago. Now, fly, fly, go. Yeah, yeah. give them the kind of right? power If you make a mistake, yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unless you make a really bad mistake yeah. and then, okay, all right, we gotta talk. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So you're kind of learning right? not to micromanage exactly. so much and just give them the freedom. Exactly, okay. and that's also come with then me being able to now outline my responsibilities, which when I was going through them, like you heard, you know, team management, specifically with the exec team, fundraising, setting vision, or high level top line partnerships, all of that is very high level work. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily need to now be like, okay, I need to track down invoices. I need to go ahead and, you know, work with the product team on what the next sprints need to be, what yeah. exactly goes into each one. I trust that I have an A-list team here. And, and as long as they continue to trust me, yeah. we're going to be good. Of course. Yeah. A trust is huge. It's we, huge. We had, a, we had a Michael Weggerly yeah. tell us on this yeah. podcast, the episode hasn't come out yet, but mm -hmm. he said, Fire fast, hire slow. <laughs> yeah, I loved I love it. it. I loved it. I was going to get it tatted that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it makes sense. And, and it kind of touches on what you're saying in terms yep. of not the firing aspect, but more the hiring yep. thing. Just, you know, be very um, involved in the hiring process totally. and know who you're bringing on the team to totally. you know, make sure. Yeah, because, man, I, 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 we, we know how it is even with what we have here, right? And not yep. as big, but in terms of it's our baby and I'm sure I'm yep. sure it is the same situation for you, right? So you, mm -hmm. you have this feeling of wanting to walk your, your team through step-by-step step everything. everything yep. But there's a point where you got to say, I've hired this person because I trust them. Yep. I know they know the vision. Yep. Like they, we, we got to like leave the coop. You know what and, I mean? And, and the best thing is the baby, like, yes, it's technically mine and Onik, but like, 
the baby, like by looks and appearance, I mean, it definitely didn't come from us. Yeah. You know, it came from our customer feedback. It came from our team. Like yeah. Surf, you know, Onyx had the initial idea, but like where it is now, that's our team. Yeah. Like even I couldn't have thought of like XYZ features. Let's include charities. Let's put out discount codes in two weeks, hopefully, which will get out. And like all of these ideas came from the team directly. Yeah. So that's what happens when you trust them, when you don't insinuate or like impose your own vision on them again yeah. and again. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. you, you let them have a bit more freedom to think for themselves, provide ideas. I think, you know, I'm pretty blunt. If I don't like your idea, I'll tell you. Yeah. But like, I don't shy, like, I don't tell people, like, okay, now, like, go back to your work. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, stop, yeah. Giving, right? me stop giving me ideas. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't think that's a great idea. Maybe you refine it and come back to me, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. that's fine. Has there been, like, some big ideas that you've taken from your team that you've been like, yeah. of course, Yeah, right? 100 I mean, the rebrand cool. re cool. was cool. one of the things that our marketing team told us. They were like, sure. you know, this is tough. Like, sales is having a hard time pitching two products yeah. when it's technically, they should only really be pitching one. Mm. So I was like, ah, interesting. And then we had a giveaways platform, right, that we did our initial test on yeah. called Player. And even that's being rebranded now to cool. surf giveaways, right? Yeah. So all of the stuff came about because the marketing team was like, hello, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me yeah. uh, before the holidays. And then we built a plan to be able to get there, right? Yeah. So one of the things I like is that if I, if I really want to do something, I know it'll get done, mm -hmm, right? And I like to take that energy and I like to then, you know, basically put it on the other execs to make sure that, okay, I'm behind this. Let's yeah. go. Mm -hmm. Let me know what you need. I'll come on any call to motivate anyone. I will do any of the work needed as well. I'll be there for you, right? Let's go. Let's get yeah. it done. Especially if it's a big task like a rebrand. Of course. Mm. Um, I want to jump into like your success with LinkedIn. Yeah. For a little bit. I'm, right. a, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. Yeah, I, yeah, love, uh, yeah, yeah, I LinkedIn. love LinkedIn. So yeah. let's talk about <laughs> loves what kind of collaborations and partnerships you made. I, mm -hmm. I know you were um, you were co-founder of LinkedIn Local LinkedIn as well. Local, correct, and also yeah. a top LinkedIn voice, I believe, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. talk to us about that that relationship, how that went down. Yep. Um, because that's that's super unique. Like that's yeah. cool, man. <laughs> so I, I started posting on LinkedIn 2015. Ooh, and uh, early, 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 man. Gary early days. days. Gary V. I'm days. telling you, I I actually messaged Gary V to I have an email, which it's a really cool email. You know, I met him in 2015 as well, but he wasn't posting that actively on LinkedIn. I think a year later in 2016, I emailed him. I'm like, hey man, you really got to check LinkedIn out. Wow. Mm -hmm. You really got to check LinkedIn out. He was like, we're on it. Like our team bro, is on amazing, it. that's amazing, dude. Uh, Do we have to put Gary Vee on LinkedIn, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. holy shit, okay. So but I but I, I, like, obviously I bet he of had course. that idea already, but like, to be fair, like I was in the days when I remember posting, the only other Canadian creator posting was a woman named Michaela Alexis from okay. Ottawa. Okay. Other than that, when I was on LinkedIn, I saw people looking for a job, uh, promoting pyramid schemes or scams. <laughs> yep. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Those yeah, were the only yeah. two things. That's amazing. So I felt like, okay, I'm the mainly the only college student talking on LinkedIn. What can I do? So I started interviewing people. I had a LinkedIn article series called Hashtag Unconventional. Okay. Right? I interviewed Lewis Howes or Mark Cuban or Michael Whoa. Hyatt. Damn. Put their story out. Most of the time, I didn't even get on an interview call with them. I literally just sent them the questions. They emailed me back answers, copy, paste, put an article, share. Still, uh, that was Mark Cuban. Unreal. Literally, yeah, I emailed yeah, him. Unreal. Cold emailed him. Yeah. That's amazing. Right? Cold, and emailed, cold him? emailed Mark Cuban at gmail.com. That's what I like to see. <laughs> the guy actually <laughs> checks his email. I don't know what yeah. software he uses, yeah, 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 yeah. but the man checks his email. And That's it's awesome. ridiculous. And I, I really appreciate it. Um, and so did that. Started then to kind of get a little bit of you know, internet fame, if you will, yeah, right? Yeah. I think it was like around, around a thousand followers. People were like around me being like, why are you posting on LinkedIn? Like, yeah. All, all our student gang is posting on Instagram or Facebook, Snapchat yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Facebook even. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I was like, oh, no, but I feel like there's something here. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I feel like everyone who's looking for a job or who's talking about hiring or even like talking about work, they're coming onto LinkedIn. Yeah. 
why is it that they're not good content creators here? Like actually sharing good stories, collaborating with other people, making people go deeper in terms yeah. of what they share. So one of the things I did early on was I joined the LinkedIn Campus Editor Program as well. Okay. Cool. So then that means that LinkedIn started to like basically promote my posts for me. Anytime wow. I talked about mental health, productivity, mm. procrastination, issues that were relevant to students. Of course. That amplified me. Yeah. Then I started collaborating with other LinkedIn creators. You know, went to Ottawa, met up with Michaela Alexis, did a video with her. Oh. We did a hashtag Let's Get Honest campaign where we got people to post a video, one minute, share something, you know, vulnerability you have in the workplace. Yeah. Tag three people and pass it on. Nominate people. Oh. We had over 26 million views from that campaign overall. Holy LinkedIn put it as a part of their subsection, right? Yeah. So this was all within the first five months. Yeah. Of wow. Just like literally wow. just saying, I'm going to go all in on LinkedIn. I don't care what other platform there is out there. Yeah. I really think there's something here. Sorry, just to cut, just yeah. to cut you, like LinkedIn, mm -hmm. when they saw you doing this, they reached out to you? Yeah, so LinkedIn's campus editor program, Maya Chappelle, she reached out saying, I see that you're posting a lot. We're trying to start this program. Do you want to be part wow. of the pilot program? That's cool. Right? Cool. And again, this is just the benefits of putting yourself yeah, out yeah, there. Yes. You never know what might happen. You who's never know watching, who's yeah. watching, what yeah. message you might get, how it might change your life. And I'm so happy I got that because LinkedIn candidly has changed my life. Yeah. yeah. A lot of things, you know, the people I was able to hire, you know, the, the opportunities in terms of customers, investors, the ability to speak a lot, the ability to have a book. You know, my book deal actually came through LinkedIn as well. Come on. Hogan Page emailed, like messaged me on LinkedIn wow. and then emailed me after. So <laughs> all of that was because of LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I was this, telling you, this guy's telling been telling me for years he's been telling me. I was no. a bit later than you, but yeah. I think maybe 2019, 2018, I was like, I was yeah. like, yo, I was like, Ant, I'm like, there's so many people on LinkedIn but no one's posting anything. They're well, just watching. No content. Literally, <laughs> less, not enough content. I think it's 80 million monthly active users currently on LinkedIn. And this was the stat from 2021. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe it's outdated now, yeah. but it might be closer to 100 million. But 80 million monthly active users and less than 5% of people post on a weekly basis. That's what I'm saying. So that's, and that's, the, that's growth. So when you were doing it, it was probably 0.5%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, way less. Right? But so, and even think, now it's early. Like it's yeah. crazy. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it's a, it's, I think it's a great platform. But yeah. my next question is now, this, this probably pushed you into public speaking, yep. I'm guessing, right? Which you have a passion for, yes. right? Yeah, indeed. Um, so let's talk about the public speaking, mm -hmm. how that came about and why you yep. enjoy it so much. Like maybe yep. what fulfillment you get out of it. So I, it, you know, LinkedIn definitely helped me with public speaking, but in terms of just speaking overall, I was doing debate okay. in, in junior high and high school. Love that, okay. That was yeah, like yeah. my main thing. When I was in grade seven, my brother was in grade 12. He had won the World Debate Championships wow. for Team Canada in Qatar, 2015, wow. no, 2010, 2010, sir. Okay. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, fuck. <laughs> I gotta do something. Yeah. High bar here. Uh, you yeah. know, oh, shit. Cricket, yeah. basketball, volleyball. Is there anything yeah. else I could do, baby? Um, so I was playing sports in junior high. And then in high school, I kind of doubled down on debate. Okay. And so I joined the national team when I was in grade 10. I was on the reserve squad. So didn't debate at the world championship in my grade 11 year. But I was able to go. I was able to experience. You know, we were in Thailand. We made it to the semifinal and lost to South Africa. Um, but it was a really cool experience to be able to at least be part of the training camp and yeah, then mm -hmm. be able to just go and like watch what international debate looks like what is that caliber yeah. in my grade 12 year i got put onto the main team and it was really neat you know because i was able to debate in stuttgart in in you know like where else do we go we went all across the united states we went to bermuda we so went to mexico we went to argentina crazy, crazy. like every weekend basically i was somewhere else yeah. right the so school took a backseat you know yeah. like i went from being <laughs> a, like a 90 student in junior high to being like a mid 80s low 80s student yeah. Yeah, in yeah. high school still better than me trust me i got an indian mom though <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. you're not cutting it if you get yeah, below yeah. a 95 that's but true. uh but at the same time like 
in my grade 12 year, then I got to, you know, go to the world championship. It was in Singapore. Wow. My cool. first time coming back ever since I left. Hometown vibes, wow. yeah. Hometown vibes, you know. It was the 50th anniversary for Singapore. It was a nationally televised event, which was a terrible idea, in my opinion, in retrospect. <laughs> like, let's put a couple of nerdy debaters and have cameras right in their face, you know. That's not going to make them nervous. Um, but we, we made it to the final. We lost, sadly. But the topic was on universal basic income. Wow. Mm. And the reason I love that is because it's kind of full circle with surf. Yeah. yeah. Because one of the ideas that was brought up in that debate was data sharing yeah. as a form of maybe creating the foundation of how people could maybe get some money, some value through it. Yeah. And, and wow. so it was so neat because that kind of experience, even though we lost, I cried. It's one of the, you know, like it still hurts to this very day to like lose a grand final after you devote like five, six years of your life to debate. Um, it was cool because I took so much away from it. The yeah. community, the the content that I learned, the reading I was doing every week to be prepared, yeah. you know, like the 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 confidence that I basically built up with speaking. Because again, I have a lisp. It wasn't something that came easy to me. Of course. You know? oh, so yeah, yeah. I had to kind of adjust, learn to like be comfortable in my own voice, in my own skin, and debate taught me that. Yeah. How did you, how did you gain that kind of confidence though? Because that's like Yeah. You know, that's not a podcast or anything like that. I like know. You, and you were young too, right? So yeah, yeah. what 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 kind of moments were you having yep. that you were like, yo, I got to keep pushing? There were two funny moments that came. I did a speech therapy in okay. my grade seven year. Okay. And I just remember like being in speech therapy thinking, why is it that people like around me feel like I have a problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel like a problem. Yeah. Like, and, and I think one of the things I started to realize is maybe, maybe, what isn't important is how I sound. Maybe what's more important is what I say. Yes. <laughs> I thought instead of, you know, thinking too much about how I sound, maybe I should, you know, think about what I'm saying. How am I, you know, training my mind essentially yeah. to be more witty, to yeah. think more on the spot, to mm. be able to provide more content essentially yeah. in my debate. Yeah. And the second cool kind of experience was in my grade nine year, I was, uh, I was named the top debater in my province, went to nationals. And at nationals, a judge told me, he's like, swish. You're an unbelievable debater. Great job. I can't wait until you get your retainer out. <laughs> I was oh like, my oh, man, God. come on, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of the moments where I was like, oh, yeah, shit, I have a lisp. I forgot about that because I, yeah. I like grade eight, grade nine. I'm like cruising. I'm like, yeah. oh, who cares? Yeah, it yeah. matters what I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was just funny. It, it's funny, funny to look back, but it's definitely gotten a lot better because I think I've just put myself in that uncomfortable position. You have to. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in grade seven, R's even were hard for me. Yeah. Mm. Right. Like not just S's, but even R's. I couldn't, you know, say I said Ba, not yeah. Ruh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit tough, but debate definitely helped me in terms of getting over some of it. I got respect for that, bro, because yeah. a lot yeah. of people would have just quit. They would have just said, yeah. no, yeah. maybe speaking just not for me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, like, yeah. uh, I like that yeah. a lot. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I want to ask also, like, when you're in this position, and, and I'm going back to the debating because you were so young, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm super interested in, in how you're learning all these things on the go. Like, right, right. are you teaching yourself? Are you learning from mm-hmm. a mentor? Are you yep. looking up to your brother? Like, yeah, yeah. What's happening in that in that sense? Because you're gaining so much information, Definitely. right? It's, it's my brother, honestly. My yeah. brother, he, he, you know, I think the funny thing is to the outside world when he won worlds and then when I got into debate throughout throughout man I always used to be compared to my brother yeah. right like course, oh man yeah. you're Venus brother you're gonna do great <laughs> yeah. oh you're Venus brother damn I feel sorry for you dude <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like literally people used to tell me that yeah. like oh my god but like what they didn't realize is he was like my biggest asset yeah. you know like every time I went home anytime I wanted I could call him anytime I had an issue I could email him and quickly say can you take a look at my case what do you think is it yeah. tight yeah. like 
that was the benefit and he has no ego he loves yeah. me to death i love him to death we're competitive for sure but we're not competitive against it's each other it's com- you know, yeah. like, competition exactly. it's like yeah, yeah. he'll call me out if he feels like i'm not going hard enough and i'll call him out if i feel like he's half fasting something too yeah. but like we're not competing necessarily with each other of course, unless yeah. it's like cricket or basketball yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so that was really neat it's because like he basically taught me everything and, and i think more importantly than like content or style because I have something of a different style than he does. Okay. He taught me discipline. Mm. Like if you really want this, he has something that he says, don't eat the marshmallow. Okay. Which is like <laughs> most people when they want to be great at something, they're totally cool with focusing for one week and then you know, a bunch of distractions of come course, up yeah. and they lose focus. Yeah. If you really want to be great at something, don't eat the marshmallow and yeah. constantly keep that in your head. You, know, <laughs> you, like you literally cannot let any distraction come in your way. Yeah. Um, and so that was something that's even stuck with me now. Like, you know, I think in my first and second year of college, I was all over the place. I think over the last four years, I've become more and more focused in mm-hmm. what I really want to do and, and definitely in surf. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. curious. This is now a little bit off of that topic, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, you do a lot of different investments. You're yep. invested in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just wanted to get into that a little bit. Ajax, just Ajax Capital? Ajax, yeah. Ajax. Yeah, Ajax. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the word with Ajax? What are yeah. you guys doing there? What yep. are you invested in? Mm-hmm. What's the focus of, of the firm? Yep. What's the, what's the situation there? So I was, it was 2007. I know, classic. 2007. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rainy Tuesday. No, yeah. uh, 2007 in July. And I, I wrote a basically like a, a pamphlet, if you will. Okay. You know, at home in Calgary, I wrote like, I want to start a business and I want to call it Ajax. Okay. And the first project under Ajax was a hotel called Royal palace okay okay it's just a fictional palace i made <laughs> up you know i was a charismatic kid watched a lot of bollywood movies thought yeah, like this yeah, could yeah. be the next big thing i didn't do anything with the idea but i still have those books in my cabinet yeah, yeah. so i think ajax was cool to me because like ajax age 10 yeah. like i i think it was cool because when i look back at it it was kind of like one of the first moments where like i was like i think business is awesome and mm. i want to do it yeah um i'd actually still even at that age never thought that entrepreneurship could be a full-time career i yeah. thought you had to be like born in wealth yeah or yeah. like you know go and like you know have a full-time job be an investment banker then launch a business yeah. with capital um, so I didn't even know that this path was something that I could do. Yeah. But like when it was coming kind of to the point now where I can invest in other companies, I, I thought Ajax would be an amazing vehicle to do that through. Cool. So mainly investing in esports, mental health, or anything really that tangibly affects social media. Cool. Those are like kind of the three main areas. Beyond that, I will you know do an investment if I think the founder is awesome or if I really like them and they're magnetic. Um, but those are kind of the three main kind of areas. That's of interesting focus. though. Yeah. Like you, you said, you invest in the founders as well. Yeah. Like in their, it's early stage. In their vision. You know, yeah. like I like yeah. someone could show me a slide deck. I'd be like, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, like you're the one that's going to take those words and make vehicle. it reality. Yeah. So you're yeah. just basing off like as they're character and their passion for Indeed. I guess whatever like, you know, have other people told me about them like after talking to them do I feel like I could actually get along with them of course yeah. I go out for a beer with them yeah. Yeah, I give yeah. them feedback and listen yeah. Yeah. that's the type of stuff yeah. that's dope okay so yeah. Now for my favorite part, mm-hmm. you invested in FaZe. Yeah. Right? yeah. I fucking yes. love FaZe. I'm I a big, sweat, yeah. big swag yeah. fan. Mm-hmm. Fucking what a G. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I saw that and that caught my eye, obviously, yeah. right? Because I think the gaming space is huge. Yeah. Um, I think it's only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. So I want to know how that caught your eye and mm-hmm. why why you think maybe the gaming space is, is a good space to invest in. So, I mean, I got to credit my co-founder, Onik, here because okay. he's been into esports for the last eight, nine years. He got oh, me into early. gaming. Early, early, man. Amazing. Early, yeah. Amazing. He was... Uh, the top two percent in Black Ops Three. Wow, uh, he this wow, guy okay. cracked. Jesus he's absolutely cracked. Right now he's an Onyx. He's in like the top two percent in Halo Infinity right now. Jeez, um, cool. But he's a he's an 
absolute demon. He got me to Call of <laughs> Duty. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were both in playing Black Ops 4, and then I started playing Destiny 2 with him, which was kind of cool to see yeah. the news about, you know, Bungie getting acquired. Um, and then we started playing a lot of, like, you know, other games. Fortnite obviously came yeah. up. Warzone came up. And during that time, we were working at Around 13 Capital here in Toronto because okay. they invested in us. We yeah. had just moved to Toronto. And Face Clan came up as a deal for Round 13. Yeah. yeah. They didn't really know anything about esports. Oh. So they were like, Monic, you know, come in, give yeah. us a lecture on esports. I sat in on that actually. And it was really cool because being able to hear Onyx's thoughts about the industry, why it's just going to do so well, yeah. why, you know, what 11 to 15-year-old kids right now are doing, yeah. what is it going to look like when they turn 22, when they turn 26, yeah. when they, they turn 30, that was all really cool. Eventually, Round 13 actually passed on the opportunity. Okay. But the, you know, it was really cool because the partner there was like individually, actually, some of us might put in some money. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you guys like to come in? Yeah. So Anik and I were able to come in. We were able to talk to Greg, who was their former president, um, and then kind of get in touch with some of the gamers. So like yeah. Abizi, for example, and their Call yeah. of Duty team, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it was awesome. You know, I, I, I would never DM these guys to play with me because yeah. like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. wouldn't want the smoke, but yeah. oh my God, like I just find esports to be such a, uh, uh, underrated field in terms of talent. Of like course. these kids are so talented. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. It, you know people think it's video games and no, they're like, entertainers. They're entertainers. It's hard work, man. Yeah. Like even now with F one, like I'm trying to get really I saw, into I saw it. Right? Going yeah. Off. I saw you going off. Like oh my god, man, this guy's it got the whole so frustrating. Oh yeah, wheel, he's got the everything. <laughs> I, I, I'm improving on it almost every month, but like on first lap, how far you can get? No? <laughs> literally, man. I'm watching you, bro. I'm watching Last you, night, I think I spent four hours doing the Australian Grand Prix on time trial <laughs> to try to see if I could get a 123, which I finally did. I'm gonna post about it today. There we go. But like, I started at 126. I got so mad. I got so mad. I got so mad. My arms were tired. Literally, I felt so actually in the race like literally <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah. i was telling my mom this and she's like what the f <laughs> you're what are you like what are you about? talking about <laughs> yeah. even driving a real car and i'm like but you don't get it like but yeah, you know, yeah people just think it's a video game but it's not it's like there's so much to it no bro these know? guys are these guys are streaming 12 14 hours a day 15 yeah. hours a day yeah there's, yeah. there's consistently 20,000 people watching them all yeah, day. And, and there's just, so many things they're thinking about managing strategy, you know, their play, their team. It's, it's crazy. So, okay. So when yeah. you invest in someone like FaZe, what yep. are you guys coming in and doing? Is it just a monetary yep. kind of investment? Is mm -hmm. it now strategy consulting? What yeah, is yeah. It? So right now it's monetary primarily. Okay. Though to be fair, like, you know, we, we do promote obviously all their new merch course, if they have any, where we're trying to connect the organization directly to opportunities, whether it's for sponsorship or whether it's even for our platform, being able to look at their top fans okay. for their talent. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's been great. But yeah, right now, it, again, it's it's pretty hands off. Because yeah. They do have obviously so many other investors. They have so yeah. many bigger investors. You know, in terms of value, I think there's things we can provide, but I bet they can find that from other people too. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that usually what the case is? Like just monetary or do you ever go in there and kind of like, mm -hmm. let's say, restructure a whole business? I, I, I did that actually recently for a company called A Share. Okay. They initially started off as a company helping uh, students alleviate student debt through oh, okay. income sharing nice. agreements. Cool. So they okay. would basically say, okay, we'll give you a loan. Okay. You know, you don't have to pay back this loan until you get a job. Yeah. If you get a job, you just take a percentage of your income and share it to us. They actually pivoted though. They pivoted into becoming a benefits platform for employers to pay down student debt on behalf of their employees. Oh, right on. And they That's built amazing. an automated platform wow. for that. And it was really cool because that whole pivot was something I worked with them very hands-on on. on yeah. Okay, like the name, do we have to change that? Logo, mission statement, who do we have to hire? any early investors that we have to bring in um, in terms of actually thinking about the product. How do we go about building it out? Who do we get on board? Like all of that was something I spent probably March till May of 2021 working with them on a very Ooh. kind of like daily by daily basis, if you will. Um, 
but that was also because like I really like those guys and now they're flying yeah. like they they're about to close around and they're doing great and I can be more hands off now but I just wanted to like kind of see them <laughs> succeed because I really liked them yeah you know I yeah, really liked the them I felt like they had good energy they were amazing. in it for the right reasons 100 yeah. percent um yeah so I was talking to my mom yesterday mm-hmm. and I was telling her about the guest I had coming on yeah <laughs> So I was reading her your bio, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God. And I'm just going, like, I, I think I was talking for 10 minutes just trying to finish your bio. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then I finished it off with saying, yeah, and he's 24. Yeah. And then my mom kind of just looked. She's like, that's like a resume you hear about when someone's, like, finished their with, career. With their dad. Right? <laughs> with their dad, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she was, like, she was shocked. And, and right. she had a question for you, mm-hmm. which I do, too. And it's just, like, what, what is your day-to-day like? How are you managing yeah, yeah. all these things at once? Right. And how do you have time to still play video games? Yeah, man. It's, 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 <laughs> which I love, yeah, by the which way. I love, which I love. Thank you. Thank you. It's a very unglamorous lifestyle, honestly. Uh, you know, on the weekends, maybe a little bit more because I get to go out finally in Toronto. Jesus. Finally, we're out. On the weekdays, though, man, it's, you know, I get up around like 9, 9.30, you know, I'll have my banana milk. Um, <laughs> nice. And then from there, I literally get into internal calls in the morning normally. So daily stand-ups with the marketing team or directly with any execs that want to have a stand-up with me, I'll do that. I'll go through my email i'll make sure i go through slack get back to anyone that needed me and then in the afternoon i normally take external calls okay right so external calls would include like potential investors potential clients big partners any of those calls i would take it in the afternoon i like to finish up around 4 4 30 and by finish up i mean like temporarily (laughs) until something else right because then i want to like either go for a run i want to lift weights i want to you know take some time off talk to my friends whatever it is i'll do that kind of around 4 30 to 7 if you will and then i'll come back have dinner and continue to work throughout the night normally finish up around 10 10 30 and then obviously game right yeah, so that's I me that. but like 99 percent of my week is surf yeah. because every other aspect of my life has been managed by other people really mm-hmm. right like speaking there's a bureau in toronto called speaker spotlight they handle everything on my behalf the book obviously the publisher you know social media once in a while i will do it myself yeah but i also have someone that's helping me with Amazing. content and awesome. posting it right yeah. in terms of comments though i love doing that on my own yeah that's yeah. my favorite very part. personal yeah. yeah my favorite part is getting back to people directly especially in linkedin going back in the comments reaching out to each person saying thank you even yeah. that's like my special sauce yeah. right I I how it. i, I build it. community um, so everything else is being managed by other people, um, which makes it so that like my main focus can literally just be surf yeah. and my health, and that's it. I'm I'm, I'm curious with yeah. surf. Yeah, was there ever a time when you were actually executing more on the ground level stuff? Mm-hmm. And if so, how long were you doing that until you finally got that opportunity to now step back and be more of an overseeing, yeah. man- like what we'll call it managerial? I think during COVID, it was really tough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause everyone was afraid about their jobs. Yeah. We didn't know how we were gonna scale. Again, we were 13 people at the start of the pandemic. We're now, you know, over 40. And I think the reason we were able to scale is because basically my co-founder and I came in and said, we're going to work on all of these tasks with you directly. We're going to hold each person here accountable. Mm -hmm. We're going to have instead of one team call a week, we're going to do two team calls a week. Every three weeks, we're going to do a paranoia session. We renamed it to a hopes and fears session now, but (laughs) it's essentially a session where anyone can come out and share their vulnerabilities in an open table. You know, it doesn't matter if you're an intern or an exec, if you have any doubts, hopes, excitement, fears, share them out in the open. Mm. And we wanna hear from you, right? And we take that away then and build out, you know, breakout sessions or discussion rooms after where people can talk about it on a more in-depth basis. But all of that came about through the pandemic and literally me and Onik being very like on the ground, day to day, like 
basically working with the team. Yeah. And even now, like there are times where I will still do that, especially if I feel like we're behind yeah. on like pushing out a product feature or pushing out a rebrand, which, you know, we haven't had an issue with that. So I'm very happy about that. But <laughs> if I feel like we're behind, I will get involved. I'll, yeah. I'll tell people, I what's going on? Where can I help? How can we get this going quicker? Yeah. I'll write up a blog if I need to. I'll write up a press <laughs> release if I need to. I'll, I'll do the, I'll yeah. do the gritty work. Yeah. But like, I'll only do that, I think, if, we, if we're getting a little bit behind. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. again, like I said, I want to give our team the space to be able to do the work on yeah. their own. You have to have your own space to kind of do what's best for the company to keep moving, right? Fundraising, like, all of that is yeah. very important. And again, fundraising is a full-time job, in my opinion. Like, oh, it is imagine. so oh, tough I, to do that I while imagine, bro. doing yeah, other no, things. I, I yeah. ask you that that's, that's something yeah. that, again, even with us, our growth, that's something that we've been trying to figure out more and more mm-hmm. is how to step off of uh, of that, uh, call it, yep. gritty work, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's a tough thing to do, yep. right? It's a tough yep. thing to do, but yeah, I was just curious in terms of if you ever were doing that or not. But yeah, I, I have a question, mm-hmm. um, and this is, you know, let, let's say with your investment in esports phase, mm-hmm. obviously you guys were very early in that. Mm-hmm. Um, congratulations, amazing fucking investment. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but what are you now in terms of being early? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the crypto space? What are your yeah, thoughts yeah. on NFTs, yeah, the yeah. metaverse? Yes. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Are you invested? Are you in totally, it already? Totally. What's the situation? I had a good convo with Maddie about the metaverse yesterday. Oh, okay, and it was cool. funny because he's like, I just don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't get the point. <laughs> like, and I was like, you know what? Respect. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, most yeah. people I don't think get it really. Yeah. Um, I'll start with crypto. I'm very bullish on crypto. Yeah. I think the reason I'm bullish on crypto is one, you can clearly see the fear <laughs> of big banks yeah. Yeah. over like how much they've been able to get away with. Like on the most basic level, yeah. like if I'm wiring money to you, I shouldn't have to pay a $40 fee. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That is the most fundamental yeah. thing yeah. that should not exist in a peer-to-peer system. So I love, I love crypto. I love Bitcoin in particular because of the potential impact it could have on developing countries in particular too. Agreed. You yeah. know, there are places in the world where people don't have the proper identification to create a bank account. They don't have a SWIFT code. They, don't, they can't wire money because they don't even have a bank account. Yeah. For them, I think crypto and especially digital wallets are going to be a form of economic freedom yeah. that's going to be a way for them for and finally to engage in a marketplace where they can invest their money they can send their money they can keep their money they don't have to keep it under their bed they have it in a secure place yeah that is going to happen at some point yeah um in nft side you know i'm, I'm definitely involved <laughs> i've definitely bought a few nfts it's like the, the fomo got to me you yeah, know like, too, like oh my too. god Same. you bought a pigeon let me buy a horse like i don't know <laughs> But like, <laughs> see ours too. We're, we're fucking literally like right. I'm like, frogs, holy shit, yo, this pigeon's one of one. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Say less, I'll buy it right now. Yeah, How much? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think for me though, I'm very bullish on utility NFTs, which is something I've been trying to coin. I don't yeah. think it's catching on yet. But <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, Drop actually, a loyalty program in Toronto, okay. they are doing a NFT with Amazon where Amazon cool. and, and Drop are putting out an NFT and the NFT holders will get 10% off Amazon for one year. Nice. Oh, all purchases nice. for holding the NFT. Cool. Now that's amazing. It's a win-win-win because obviously, you know, every time someone, you know, makes a sale now, they get that 10% discount. Yeah. They also will get money when they sell the NFT. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Drop and Amazon will take a cut when that NFT is sold as well to the royalty yeah. fee. Yeah. That's genius. That's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. What I don't believe in are the NFTs that are literally just like, the pigeons right like yeah. you know buy this pigeon <laughs> pixelated fucking. exactly this is gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna post this on my slack group with twenty thousand people we'll hype yeah. it up and then like two months from now we don't really know yeah. where we're going right yeah. so if you don't have a clear roadmap i i generally don't really think it's a worthwhile investment um and then in terms of the metaverse i'm bullish on it i'm just i i don't know personally speaking if i think it's a good idea you know i i, I think we've learned in the last five to ten years the impact that social media 
has had on people's mental health, on, on, you know, how depression rate and suicide rates in the United States among teenage girls has gone up drastically in the yeah. last 10 years. We have seen directly the impact that social media has had in terms of people feeling less connected even to other people around them, mm-hmm. feeling like, you know, the world is more fabricated and artificial. Do I think that now taking that and immersing ourselves entirely into a virtual world is a good idea? It doesn't yeah. sound right to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm with you. all I'm saying is I hope that we learn from the lessons from the last five to 10 years and build a metaverse, quote unquote, that is inclusive, accessible, and, and please don't put a bunch of ads in it. Yeah. Please don't overly monetize it yeah. because, you know, it's just going to be a terrible place to be. I in was my reading opinion. something where it's like they're going to, they're planning to have like 90% of your screen. Banners and stuff Banners or whatever. And, like and I'm like, that's also why I think Surf is so important because data is going to be even more important in the metaverse, 100%. right? Like you should be compensated when you're in the metaverse for whatever data you're sharing. That's something you guys can adapt to, right? Like 100%. Going in there 100%, and saying, 100%. But, that's cool. but, that's cool. I, but, I, but I like yeah. what you said about do we need it? Yeah. And I think, I think that's an important point about it, yeah. bullish or not. Yeah. If there's anything we can learn over the last 10, 5, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years is yep. sometimes just because we can create some type of technology, yeah. some form of technology, yep. do we really need it? And is it really going to bring value to society as a mm-hmm. whole? Mm-hmm. And that's a question that I personally have been arguing with myself with mm-hmm. on the metaverse because I also am bullish on it. I do think it there is some utility for it. I yep. do think there, w- there could be some good uh, utility for it, but do we need it? And it, it, that's, that's that's pretty much it, right? And, and that's why, like, in a world where I'm seeing so much of EC money getting poured into Web3 and yeah. into NFTs and all of that, like, I get it. But, like, you know, again, maybe it's because with Surf now, I feel like we're very purpose-driven. Like, mm-hmm. we're actually trying to solve a real-world problem. Yeah. Like, I don't know if some of these <laughs> projects are candidly solving a real-world no, I mean, problem. I mean, at that point, yeah. like, if you have the tech and you're just trying to follow the money. Yeah. Why would you stop? Yeah. You know, like some Web three projects are really cool, of course. But most of the ones I see get funded candidly. Like the first book in biz, like the first rule in business story is like solve a problem for people yep, that yes. they feel yep. yeah. intensely. Mm-hmm. The yep. more intense the problem, the better off you will be. Yeah. Airbnb, Uber, yeah. all these companies yeah. solved real world problems. And I still don't know if I see a lot of these Web3 projects solving a real world problem. Yeah. And, and I, guess, I guess VCs are pouring money because they all want to be first, yeah, full first to market, yeah. right? Yeah. If we can hop on the project that blows up first, 100%, like we're yeah. laughing, right? It's totally capitalistic for them. Yes. And that's fine. They're a VC. They have have to yeah, that's do that. the point. Yeah. And good for them, honestly, for the ones that made a lot of money. I just, again, like, I look at a lot of other projects where I feel like, hey, these guys are tackling, you know, like, let alone Web3, let's get some countries in the world to Web2, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and I look yeah, at yeah. those projects, I'm like, they're underfunded now. I don't know. It's, yeah, again, it's, it's such a hard thing to talk about, but yeah. at the same time, like, I have a lot of respect for people that are building in the Web3 space because it's so new. It's so, you know, it's a big yeah. chance, such a, lot a big of change, yeah. a lot of risk. Exactly. And like, it definitely feels like the early Facebook days, I would imagine for a lot of people, which mm-hmm. is yeah. why they're jumping in fully like committed and excited. Yeah. So I don't want to kill that excitement. I just, again, <laughs> I want people to think of, you know, not only human centric design, but like you said, why are we building this? Yeah. If you, if we can constantly just as a society, as an economy, as an industry, as a person, think about that. I think we'll be we'll be fine. Yeah, but I, I just don't want a social dilemma part two documentary coming out <laughs> yeah, in ten no, years, 100%. being like, I knew it. Yeah. I told you guys all fifteen years ago about social media. Now it's all intensified because of the metaverse. Like, I don't want to see that. Yeah, we always find out later. That's I think yeah, so. we we'll always <laughs> find out later. Cool. Always. Um, and yeah. I, have, I have a okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, because it's kind of connected to yeah, this yeah. a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts on mental health as an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you stay 
quote unquote sane? How do you yeah. how do you keep your mental health in check? What mm-hmm. what, what are some things you do yeah. uh, that help you? Um, yeah, you know, make sure that you're grounded, you're cool, you're level yeah. headed. And this is a lot I've thought about. I mean, in late 2021, you know, anxiety was something I had to deal with at a pretty intense level for the first time in my life, mm-hmm. and and it was it was anxiety that was related to a few things in my life, personal and professional, but it was also anxiety that I just felt like I was untrained to deal with. Okay. And it was ironic because I'd been talking about mental health before that, right? And I was constantly telling people, you gotta surround yourself with the best people. Don't be afraid to do therapy. You know, Don't be afraid, by the way, to admit that there's something wrong with yourself, right? Like, yeah. And don't, by the way, even think that it's wrong. Yeah. Like, Just think like there's an opportunity now for me to feel better yes. and here's X, Y, Z things that I can do. And it was funny because I found myself ignoring a lot of the tips that I shared during some happens, right? Like I was like, you know, I was I wasn't I was keeping myself insulated from people. I wasn't open to people about my anxiety. I wasn't telling anyone about it. Like all of those things did not help me until I think I finally opened up to my co-founder. I opened up to my mother. And that helped me, you know, and like again, you know, I'm 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 doing therapy right now, you know, and like I love it. Yeah. I think most people should do therapy, yeah. you know, like, cause now my therapy isn't even just about anxiety. It's about everything. Yeah. Like I have a terrible week. I can talk to my therapist about it. Yeah. And she has this objective viewpoint, you know, like she doesn't love me. Of course. Yeah. She doesn't like, she's like a third party. Right? She's just a third party. In, yeah. She's like, let no me tell emotion, you what I think. Yeah. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Here's what you should do. What do you think? Which we is the difference in talking to your mom or talking to your Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it, but I think mental health as an entrepreneur is one of the most important things to keep in the back of your mind is at the end of the day, burnout is real. You know, yep. if you are going a thousand miles per hour, eventually it will catch up to you. But more importantly, if you candidly like ever feel like, okay, I don't enjoy what I'm doing or I am really burnt out or I don't even know where I'm going in life. These questions are things you should deal with right away. Yeah. Don't put it in the back of your mind saying, well, I'm busy though. I can't think about it right now. Which is yeah. easy to do. Right? Which, Which is really very easy, easy to do. Yeah. But take time out, even if it's on a Sunday for an hour to like journal to like even do an audio note to yourself. Whatever it is you need to process your week and even process some of those thoughts when they come up, do it. Because it will help over time to feel like you're in control of your mind and your body. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that that internal dialogue is is so fucking important. Yeah, and yeah, you, you, you because as entrepreneurs that are going a thousand miles per hour twenty four seven. Yep. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the times you're just like you have this fucking deep internal question about your life, yourself, where you're going, yeah. whatever, and you're just like, yeah, oh, but I gotta send this email. Yeah. I gotta fucking. <laughs> I gotta, you know what I mean? But I have, to, yeah. I have to respond to this. Yeah. No, no, no. You you put it well. And and before we ask our famous question. Um, you know, dude, you're a really young guy. Mm-hmm. Like, again, congratulations on all your success. It's Thank fucking you. super Make impressive. Me feel old, bro. No, <laughs> no, man. No, it's very inspiring for me, honestly. But if you had to, I want to say one thing. Mm. If you could, you know, say one thing that has helped you reach this success, mm. and maybe it doesn't have to be one thing, but mm-hmm. if you could narrow it down to one thing, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. What would you, what would you say? What, what one thing would it yep. be that you would, you know, um, say that helped you get get to where you are i think persistence candidly like there was nothing else other than persistence i define that as hard work plus patience and for me like i'm not a genius i i don't have any like special attributes i think to me candidly like i just know that but like what i do know is that when it comes to working hard i can do that probably harder than most people when it comes to sticking it out especially during really tough days or where i don't know if things are actually going to lead anywhere I know I can do that longer than most people. And when it comes to putting myself out there and being just relentless about it and being overly confident about who I am and being comfortable in telling people about who I am, 
I know I can do that better than most people. And that's really made all the difference. Yeah. Just got to know yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a big piece of it. <laughs> that's but, pretty much what it is. But yeah. it's persistence. I like, I like what you said. Persistence is hard work, yeah. but also patience. It, it really is both, man. And, yeah. and I think for me, like even now, I still have like times where I'm like impatient. Yeah. But like I used to be a kid when I was like, you know, 10, 15, 18, I'd set like goals where I want to be when I'm 25, 30, 35. I stopped doing that. Yeah. Like as of, I think two years ago, because I was like, this is creating way too much pressure for me. Like, I feel like, and that's the thing, 18 year old entrepreneurs, they're like, I need, I need to join Y Combinator and then you have like a, a startup and then I need to be Mark Zuckerberg basically at 21. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, I'm a failure if I don't hit that. Yeah, and then true. you don't hit it and you're exactly, you're right. like, oh my God. But you might have so many things going for you. You might yeah. have an incredible support network around you. Like it is, it is, you know, it is very easy in today's world with social media once more to think that you don't have it all. But like, again, my mom constantly tells me this is like, just be very appreciative of what you have. And then again, if you are working towards something, just know that the best things in life do tend to take time. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it took my mom nine months to have me. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, best thing. the best things in life yeah. take time, mom. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Yeah, you gotta be grounded, man. You gotta be grounded and, 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 and be more present. That's something that I've been focusing on myself more right. this past, uh, you know, all 2021. Meditate, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, be, being present, you know, being yeah. present in the moment and, yep. and yeah. being grateful for what you've already done. Yep regardless of what your plans are and where you're headed but and celebrating the small wins yes that's something we do as a team you know we yeah. always do shout outs at the end of the week mm -hmm. and i love that because even if we didn't have like the biggest week in terms of big sales or a big investment or a big product push or whatever there is always something that we can just say all right great job guys like yeah. we finally got a call with x brand that we've been waiting four months for fuck yeah let's yeah, go yeah. let's go you know yeah. that's a big win so of course those small wins, in my opinion, when you can celebrate them, it starts to get people to like change their perspective. Of Oops, course. Sorry. <laughs> <Arm>. <laughs> no, um, on, what, on what success actually looks yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Swish, bro. <laughs> We're the MBH podcast. So. Money buys happiness. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you think of the term? What are your thoughts on the term? Give us a rundown. I think money definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it definitely helps to have money in your life. But obviously, like, you know, for me, my happiness right now, like if I really have to boil it down, it comes down to the people I'm like, you know, working with the people that I'm surrounded by the work that I'm doing. Like I candidly think that if I was making 10 times more money, but I was doing something else in surf right now, I just wouldn't be engaged mm, yeah. because all I'm thinking about right now is universal basic income. <laughs> that's the dream data sharing. That's yeah. the dream. Yeah. That's the mechanism of how we're going to be able to do it. And so every day I get excited just thinking maybe I'm one step closer to this mission. Yeah. That excites me. I can already see the TechCrunch article headline yes. in my head. Yes, you know, manifesting so hard. Really, right really, now. Let's go, <laughs> like, let's go. Right, but like, and, and that's why I love what I do because I know that it's it's purpose driven, it's mission driven. I'm not just doing it for money. Of course. Yeah. And then I think the last thing is hobbies, right? Mm -hmm. Like I love playing basketball. Love my F1 sim. That brings me happiness. Yeah. So you know, do you need money in certain aspects? Yes. You know, to launch a business, you definitely need a little bit of money. I think mm -hmm. bootstrapping is incredibly tough, especially for a tech venture like ours. Um, do you need money to have an F1 sim? Yes. <laughs> you know, do, do you an espresso martini. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I don't think it's as much money as most people think. Yeah. You know, I don't think That's it's as much one, money yeah. as, as most people. I can would. agree. To, I can That's agree. Cool. With that. Well, dude, yeah. listen, I think you're gonna fucking change the world, bro. I, I know it's my first time meeting you. I'm Thank fucking you. impressed. Not that. Not that that means much 
much coming from me, but no, you guys are great, man. <laughs> but I, I've no, heard dude, nothing but great things I about think, you guys. I think you're gonna fucking change the world, and I'd love to actually de- have more conversation with you. <laughs> Wait, we're running out of time, unfortunately, but we'll probably bring you back. I'd, we'd love to have you back okay. with but all the shit you got going on, bro. You're gonna have something different. Yeah. No, but I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to things. talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like to talk about UBI more because yeah. that's that, that's a that's a uh, that's a topic that I'm I, I've done a lot of research my, just myself on because I'm interested in it. Yeah, and so I love that you guys are solving it in a way that I've never even we're trying to solve it in a way. I will solve I'm gonna it. download surf now. Yeah, yes. me too. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, but you're on the wait list, buddy. Yeah, I'm on the wait list. I'm the wait list, maybe. Um, you got a panel tonight too, right? I do have a panel. Good tonight. luck, bro. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Appreciate yep. that. Thank Kill you. it. Yes. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get you back on. Yeah, no, no, we'll definitely have you back again. Appreciate, appreciate you coming out. Uh, fucking dude, what what an amazing chat. I'm already like mind blown, but we'll have you back. Swish. <laughs> thank again, you again. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate it. On that note, Dean, we're out. <laughs>